sound, a universal energy forming organic tribal algorithms that spans the globe, reaching down to its very core. Please, you for inspirational revolution. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the ultimate underground. This is Uncle Earl, your host, Captain and DJ of the Underground Experience, here with you today for a very special show. Um, I'm going to be talking with a buddy of mine, Mr. Matthew Meadows, who's in the Seattle area, and he is a programmer, musician, writer, dancer, and producer. We've built up quite a relationship over the social media network and through mutual friends and communication, and we also share a history in dance. He's a dan- He was a dancer, I was a dancer in New York, and that's kind of what our common ground was. Also, um, you know, in this time that we're in, with the elections going on, all the madness and craziness, we must be aware. And I'm going to bring you a little piece from a speech by Dr. Revan Otis Moss, who was speaking to his congregation on a letter that he received from a fellow clergyman, priest, reverend, and um, it's very, very enlightening. Um, so I'm going to get over the show. Um, I'm going to be bringing you first up is L. C. Johnson. I uh, got this piece from MusicXray.com, and L. C. Johnson is a songwriter, producer, rapper who has been who's created a musical organization known as Players of Life. P. O. L. He has worked with artists like Cypress Hill, Dr. Dre, Soul Assassins, and Funk Dubious. He also has toured with the Fugees, Foxy Brown, Psycho Realm, Delinquent Habits, amongst many others. Elsie Johnson was born and raised in the Los Angeles area. Elsie's music career began in the summer of 1991 when he was introduced to DJ Muggs by T-Funk of Funk Dubious. That summer, Elsie recorded his demo with DJ Muggs. He gained valuable knowledge and insight from Beat Smith. 
That fall, Elsie left to attend college and play basketball, but he still continued writing to perfect his craft. Five years later, Elsie bumped into DJ Muggs at the Huntington Park Casino, where Cypress Hill was set to perform with the Licks. Through a mutual friend, DJ Muggs had heard some of Elsie's uh, latest recordings and invited him to Atlanta to attend Jack the Rapper conference. Upon returning from the conference, DJ Muggs quickly put Elsie in the studio in preparation of getting him a record deal. He has now got back on ground, on his grind, to represent the West Coast and his gangster style of rap music. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you L.C. Johnson with My Brother's Keeper. Check it out. Money will come and go. We know that. The most important thing in life will always be the people in this world. Right here. Right now. No parade on the monument to say I was here. He loved his family, to whom he held dear. What makes a man great is the wisdom and heart. Ability to sacrifice separates us apart. A ugly beauty to fade the pictures are clear. Tell the truth when they need it and they don't want to hear. The knowledge that you have cause you already face. Suffering around a corner, they about to embrace. You hate to see your loved ones played in a game. Biggest lessons in life usually come with pain. When it rains and pours, I can't take no more. Sitting at heaven's gate, please open the door. Motionless I lay, praying for a brighter day. This another lost soul trying to find its way. Now somebody's running the game on you. The same one they ran on me. Well, somebody's running the game on us, and one day we'll both break free. My two brothers moved away, but we closer than never. And we all on a mission trying to get this cheddar. We grown men, we stay on our ground, stay on our toes. What's our future for our family, man? We don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? You know that's right. Family's the most important thing we have in life. Did bad together, get money together. And as long as I'm here, it's that wait forever. Am I my brother's keeper? You know that's right. Family's the most important thing we have in life. Did bad together, get money together. And as long as I'm here, it's that wait forever. Did bad together, get money together. And as long as I'm here, it's that wait forever. I came in the game trying to flex my skill. A soul assassin, at least from the Cypress Hills. Got in it with Ice Cube, feudal with Mac 10. Had the world in their hand and shit I wanted in. When my future was gleaming and my life had meaning. These backstabbing niggas got a motherfucking stick. The gangsters I know trying to fight they case and if they not then they trying to send some dope upstate got people doing bad on american soil while we in the middle east if it ain't for the oil divide or conquer the american monster eats is young and benefits from the dumb i'm strictly business trying to do big things the fair says watching i learned that from james the preacher man doc p is the son pendleton avenue was where it all begun why see my mama struggle so i learned how to hustle life is a game i'm on the dice about to fuck you the world is changing it's changing for the worse The story of LC You hear it in my verse A constant struggle Every day more drama Minority people Trying to front on Obama They don't want a president Whose skin is black But white America Trying to send them back Man, y'all ain't white Never gonna be white The American pie All I want is a slice Press rewind If I didn't blow the nine The anointed one I bring sight to the blind Am I my brother's keeper? You know that's right 
Family's the most important thing we have in life. Did bad together, get money together. And as long as I'm here, it's that wait forever. Am I my brother's keeper? You know that's right. Family's the most important thing we have in life. Did bad together, get money together. And as long as I'm here, it's that wait forever. Did bad together, get money together. And as long as I'm here, it's that wait forever. There's something that I've been praying and I wanted to share uh, with, with the congregation. With the congregation is just a letter uh, that I uh, sent to a, to a colleague um, in reference to a couple of things that, uh, that, that has happened recently uh, in, in our nation. Uh, as you know, uh, President Obama uh, was communicating about uh, his marriage equality and as a result, a variety of ministers uh, all across the nation, most of them black, um, who stated that uh, they just could not put their support behind President Obama. Now, I preface this uh, because I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm not supposed to do that in the pulpit. I'm just giving you uh, a letter in response to someone who I know uh, communicating with them, just giving that basic response, and how he was communicating in such a way to other ministers um, saying that, the, that they should not support uh, the president, and on and on and on and on and on around all of this rhetoric and about how uh, those who are same-gender loving um, are destroying America and going on and on and on and on about all of this rhetoric. So I'm going to give you a portion of this particular letter uh, to, to my brother. Um, I've changed some things so you don't know who I'm talking about um, in reference to this communication uh, to this individual uh, to help hopefully build a dialogue with this individual because November is incredibly important to our community. November is incredibly important to our community. We cannot allow, we cannot, as one person said, you can't fall for the okey-doke uh, in any way, shape, or form. And this is incredibly important. So, so let me share. I'm not going to share the entire thing because I have to change some of the other pieces because I don't want you to know who I'm sending the letter to. Um, because some of you know the person. Amen. Um, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. But let me, let me begin uh, with this. Uh, simply says, uh, to my brother, uh, tell your brethren to live their faith and not try to legislate their faith. Uh, to recognize that the Constitution protects us all. Uh, we must learn to be more than a one-issue community and seek the beloved community where all may not agree. But we all recognize that we have the fingerprint of the divine upon our spirits. There is no doubt uh, that there are people who are same gender loving, occupying prominent places in the church. Uh, but for the clergy to hide with a quick, demissive claim of poor biblical scholarship is as sinful as unthoughtful acceptance. When we make biblical claims without sound interpretation, we adopt doctrinal positions devoid of, of the love ethic. Deep faith may resonate in our position, but the ethic of love will always force you to re-examine and prayerfully reconsider your position. The question that you got wrong, my brother, is the question that should be raised. Should all Americans have the same civil rights? This is a different question than what you raised. Does the church have the right 
to perform or not perform a religious rite, R-I-T-E. There is a different spelling between R-I-G-H-T and R-I-T-E. These two questions are answered in two different arenas. One in the pluralistic arena of civic debate and the other in ecclesiastical councils. I do not believe ecclesiastical councils are equipped to shape civic legislation, nor are civic legislators equipped to shape religious rituals and doctrine. The institution of marriage, my brother, is not under attack because of the president's words. Marriage was under attack years ago when men viewed women as property and children as trophies of their sexual prowess. Marriage is under attack by low wages, high incarceration, and lack of education. Marriage is under attack by clergy who think nothing of stepping outside of the bounds of marriage to sleep with quote-unquote preaching groupies. Same-gender couples have not caused high divorce rate, but our adolescent views of relationships and our inability as a community to come to grips with the ethic of love and commitment, we still mistake sex for love and romance for commitment. My father eloquently stated to a group of ministers the other day that our ancestors prayed for 389 years to get a president of color in the White House. We led over 200 slave revolts, fought in 11 wars, one civil war where 600,000 people died. Women's suffrage, people were lynched for the Civil Rights Bill of 64 and the Voting Rights Act Bill of 65. He stated his father never voted and he rushes to the polls to pull the lever for every member of his family who was denied the right to vote. He said that he will not allow narrow-minded clergy or regressive politicians to keep him from exercising his right to vote and helping to shape the future of his grandchildren. The economic crash, foreclosures, and attack upon health care were not caused by gay and lesbian citizens. Poor schools were not created by people who desire equal protection. We have much work to do to claim that the President of the United States must hold your theological position is absurd. He is President of the United States, not President of the Baptist Convention, not President or Bishop of the Sanctified Church. He is called to protect those who are Jew and Gentile, male and female, young and old, gay and straight. We as a church, if we dare steal away from the noise of this debate, uh, will be able uh, to hear the voice of the prophet to say that we are called to do justice, live mercy, and walk humbly with God. Gay people have never been the enemy, and when we use rhetoric to suggest they are the source of all our problems, we lie on God and cause tears to fall from the eyes of Christ. I am not asking you to change your position, but I am stating that we must stay in dialogue and not allow our personal emotional prejudices or doctrines to present us from clearly seeing the possibility of the beloved community. November is coming, and the spirits of Ella Baker, Septima Clark, Fannie Lou Hamer, A. Philip Randolph, James Orange, Medgar Evers, and Martin Luther King Jr. stand in the balcony of heaven raising the question, will you do justice, live mercy, and walk humbly 
only with God. Emmett Till and four little girls in Alabama did not die for a Sunday morning soundbite where you could show disdain for one group of God's children. They died because of an evil act by men who believed in doctrine over love. We live today because of a man who believed in love over doctrine who died on a hill at Calvary in the dusty plain of Palestine. Do not allow the rhetoric to keep you from the polls. Let us stay in dialogue together, my brother, sincerely, your brother, Otis Moss III. Mm-hmm. So, I want us to know that we cannot get caught up in the rhetoric of this moment. Ladies and gentlemen, That was a very poignant piece by Reverend Otis Moss. And in the wake of Emmett Till's birthday, I thought it was befitting to bring this to you. We must be We must be active. We must be proactive. We must use our voices. We'll be back with more right after this break. You know, I'm very open to many types of individuals, people, music, food, styles, countries. I love it all because it makes us all who we are. And, you know, we, we should be sharing in this catechism of life, as so to speak. Yes, this is Reverend Uncle Earl here on the Underground Experience. And I'm bringing you something way out, buddy. I'm talking way out, way out. That's where the fun is. I've got a dude. He's up in Seattle in the rainy capital of America. And I stumbled upon him a couple of years ago, and we've been 
buddies. Facebook, telephone. In the midnight hour, he's been there for me. <laughs> and I told him I'd have him back. So here he is, Mr. Matthew Meadows. How you doing, Matt? Very good, sir. Thank you. I must uh, say uh, thanks for the, uh, the very interesting um, <laughs> southern welcome there. It's, uh, you know, it's notable given that I've been to the smokehouse recently and made Ooh. my little trip down there to see the zither. But you're right, I'm stuck in the, in the rainy, gloomy capital of the world, which, uh. you know, many people will be surprised to learn is not Old Mother Hubbard in the UK, mm. but it's in fact, you know, the um, sandal-footed granola hippies up here in the Pacific Northwest <laughs> to make very colorful trees. All right. You get misty. Ah, so 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 how 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 you doing though? How are you? Well, I'm I'm riding high, you know. Um, life in the Rango sphere it gives you an interesting purvey of the ground below. Rango, um, which is to say that Rango. The, yeah, the Rango sphere. You know the um, the kind of um, circle of life surrounding my immediate proximity. Ooh, okay <laughs> then. That, uh, I'm living in a bubble. Um, I've been working exclusively on my. Artwork, my music, and mm. my photography, and my video—okay, all of that for the better part of fifteen months now. Wow! But I, you know, that's that's something deep. I want to really get into that, but I want to go back a little bit. Okay, can we go back? Back to the days of the old school. Okay. Um, you know, we, we share something in common. I think that's why we're kind of like kindred spirits because we used to dance professionally. And I think that's, yep. you know, our common ground. And I want to, I want, you know, let the listeners know a little bit about that. So when did you begin with that? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and before I answer, I want to say, you know, we, we were chatting briefly earlier and you made a remark that uh, you look forward to meeting me someday. And I actually yeah. had to pause for a moment and think that, have I never met you? Like, you know, but we might, you know, you never know. We might have been in the same circle, same arena because we, you know, this is all small. It's a small world after all, really. It, it and is a small world. Especially and, the and dance world, back, too. Like, I think about the age of 17, maybe 20 uh, some odd years ago, mm-hmm. and I was in a Chicago audition. And I, and I, <laughs> I, I have very big memories of, of, of And I've been to Seattle. Anyway, I've been to Seattle. A couple of times, you know. So, who knows? Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome, man. So, well, anyway, let me take you back to, um, yeah. you know, I, I was actually born and raised in, in Michigan, but I left home at the age of 17 mm. to dance, um, to train with the Houston Ballet. Oh, wow. And it was a, uh, it was the focus of my life until my, my early 20s. Mm. Um, like you said, I danced professionally. Mm-hmm. I, um, I left uh, high school early and put all my balls into one court, so okay. to speak. Were you, and, were you more of a company, really company or commercial? Company or commercial or both? Or did you do everything? Um, you know, I primarily danced as a classical dancer. Okay. Um, I did a little bit of uh, jazz dancing. I danced for some operas. I danced um, in a few you know, television commercials, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it was mostly my focus was kind of old school, um, Vergonovo style, um, Russian classical dancing. Okay. Um, and a little bit of kind of contemporary, um, what I would say, uh, contemporary ballet that was the influence of the Joffrey Ballet on my, okay. my instruction. Because my first teachers were Joffrey Ballet, and mm. I went off to Houston Ballet, which is an English school, but I secretly desired to be a Soviet-style Russian-style <laughs> dancer. So ultimately, I found my way back there. I studied with an old-school Russian named Leo Honan, mm. who kind of groomed me along and made me more of the dancer that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did dance professionally for about uh, you know, six or seven years before I... But you know all those Russians, they have bad knees now. Yeah, <laughs> doing that chicken, that chicken, chicken. <laughs> <laughs>
but my, my, my ballet, my classical training was very limited. I only took two years of ballet in my life, and everybody thought I was this trained, serious dancer. I just was this kid from Brooklyn who had rhythm, and then I went took few classes and got some technique and stretch. And then I just started dancing. I never, I don't even, ta- I didn't take class. Oh my God! I only took class for really two and a half, three years in my life. And I just, wow. and then I just that's danced. That's story. And, and where do they teach cheetah dancing? Because that picture of you, on your Facebook picture, you're dressed as a cheetah and you're like six feet in the air. So wow. you must learn that somewhere. I learned that in Brooklyn. <laughs> I learned how to run. <laughs> I was a little kid. I had to learn how to run and jump. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, but seriously, but but that's that's great. That's incredible. So, why did you stop? Well, uh, you know, it's interesting. I um, I, I felt like there were a lot of things going for me in, in that career. You know, it was just pure um, circumstance, pure good luck that I had a, a body type um, that was you know compatible with that line of work. But um, at the end of the day, it was not what I would say um, intellectually compatible with my you know with with, with my interests. I I found the, the environment to be a little bit, um, probably more disciplined mm. than I was comfortable working in. I'm a, I'm a squirrely, fidgety, high energy, super high output kind of guy. Yeah, we, we are Kendrick Spirits. An environment that, that, that kind of promotes that. Yeah. And dancing is a rigorous discipline, mm-hmm. and you spend the most, you know, you spend most of your days executing someone else's instruction yes. in an effort to replicate, you know, what the vision that's in their mind. Right. We are, we, we are kindred spirits because I got bored very easily because I picked up choreography very quick and I hated rehearsal. And uh, when someone got something wrong, I was always pissed off because I, I got it like the first well, two times. The, the unfortunate truth of the matter is that I actually lost my temper at one point and, uh, uh, um, um, because the rehearsal was not going well. And I raged and I hit a locker on my, ooh. On my way out and I broke my hand. Hercules, Hercules. And that was the end of my ballet career. <laughs> oh, it could be worse. But that was good. You didn't throw any chairs or any people out the window, so you're cool. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you just broke up on me a little bit. I said, well, you didn't throw any people out the window or you didn't throw any chairs, so you're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say you spared the souls. But, um, okay, well, I, I want to take a little break and then come back, okay, and really get into what's going on with you now and the music and the art and the computer and the graphics. And you know, you're just a guy who's doing all the stuff like I like to do, so that's why we get along too, all right? So you going to hang in for a second? Fantastic. I'm just going to sit here and watch it, All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, out there at the ground, all you dwellers out there, come on back for some more with Uncle Earl and Matt Medu. Oops. Ooh, Matt Medu. Meet me, meet me, meet me. Come on back for more. That was Rango talking to Uncle Earl. But come on back for more with Uncle Earl and Matthew Meadows right after the Nothing left to lose Only guts and blood remain 
and survive. And uh, my buddy up in the misty Seattle area is here with me, Mr. Matthew Meadows. How you doing, Matt? Very good, sir. Very good. Enjoying the show so far? Hootie hoo. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to tell on you. I'm going to tell something on you. You ready? All right, start. He's sitting in his car, ladies and gentlemen. He can't go in the house. He's sitting in his car. It's <laughs> getting some privacy. What's up with that, man? What's up with that? And now I'm sitting in the car. I'm sitting in the car in what appears to be in the middle of an 80s musical. Um, I'm, you know, I'm wearing my, my, my black uh, canvas dancing shoes, and I've got the military fatigue on, and I've got a, a uh, what is this, a watermelon blue pop? I'm the sucker. Why'd you suck? I'm looking suspicious here in my car. I've got my backwards baseball cap on. Oh, I was recently walking through a grocery store, and someone gave me the, the hook and horns and said, where's the bag robbery, dude? Uh-oh. And I was like, <laughs> All righty then. So, so you know, before the break, we were talking about us being dancers and in the life and doing all that stuff, and we both transitioned and treadwayed. <laughs> Transitioned and segwayed. Uncle Earl is feeling... Anyway, we transitioned, and now you're into... And I ain't even had my sip yet. But um, <laughs> we um, you transitioned into computer. Computer work. Computer technology. Is that it? Well, yeah, fair enough, you know, um, the way that I got into it was somewhat oblique. I was, a, as a child, I was a very um, curious child, and I, I started programming around the time I was uh, about 11 years old, mm-hmm. and so by the time I was a teenager, I had started playing guitar, and I was tinkering around electronics, and um, by the time I was uh, ready to retire from my dance career, which is what you euphemistically call it when you retire, um, <laughs> you know, ahead of time. Been <laughs> there, done time that. I Mm-hmm. I programmed uh, 
made my venture from Austin up to the Misty Mountains of Seattle. I came up here um, to work for Microsoft, and uh, <laughs> I worked there up until about uh, seven, eight months ago, and wow. now I developed um, predictive analysis software, which is a form of advanced statistics that's mm-hmm. used for forecasting and optimizing um, data for high-technology companies, wow. for researchers. Um, I have an intelligent friend. To energy. My so, friend's intelligent. Wow. <laughs> I love it. But, but wait, let me, let me just interject this for a second. You know, I'm serious. We've got to get together because this is another thing that you've touched on. When I was a kid, my mom used to get so upset with me because I would take electronic equipment apart and put it back together. But I was a kid, and I didn't know what I was doing, but I'd do it, like the record players, and, the, and, I, and I could do it, and it would work again, but I didn't know what I was doing. I'm stupid with it now, but, you know, so, th- you know, we got another, that's another thing, man. Yeah, you know, that's unfortunate that you, that you weren't just encouraged and, well, perhaps just spanked around a little less because it's, it's a really great inclination. I know. And I'm someone whose entire life has been crafted from just combining, you know, creativity with yes. that instinct to tinker. Yes. Uh, whether it was hardware um, on a guitar or as, you know, developing software uh-huh. or even uh, dancing around in my house. You know, <laughs> I just like to tinker and fidget and I don't take well to formalize instructions. I've never been to college. I've oh. never we're brothers. We're brothers. I got myself all the way to Microsoft, and mm. my music's made a reasonable splash. I think that that instinct is, is a really great inclination to nurture. We, we are brothers. So, we are brothers. So I was your mama. Well, I love my mom. I mean, you know, she wanted me to be an electrical engineer, actually. You know, she wanted me to go in that, that direction, but I, I was like, oh, no, I won't go. But no, I didn't say that. But, you know, it didn't interest me like that. You know, I would, Mama, I want to dance. Mama, right? I want to sing. I want to dance. I want to act. No, no, no. Actually, I really didn't want to do that. I kicked and screamed all the way to my first audition. And when I got it, then I was like, happy. I, you know, yeah, that's interesting. A reluctant talent. Yeah, I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're like, you got, I was like, hmm? <laughs> okay, I'm get, I can get paid. Okay, right. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, wow, computers to music. Now, with the music, how did that, how did you transition? I, know, I mean, I know it's close. You know, because you do music yeah. on computers and go, but what was the beginning? What, your guitar was your first instrument? Well, you know, I, I was exposed to music uh, as a child um, through, uh, I just had a musical family. My brother and sister were both, you know, both played music mm. uh, in, in college. I mean, in, in high school, my brother played in college, okay. and um, he was a trumpet player. But I had saxophone classes as a child, oh. um, and I went to, you know, I picked up a saxophone in school. Uh-huh. I picked up the guitar when I was about 15. And okay. It, it was something that I purely explored. I can't read music with any degree of skill. You know, what little <laughs> I knew about reading music with the saxophone has long since withered and died. Okay. I was kind of played by ear, you know, or played I hear you. I hear you. And um, unfortunately, with the guitar, it's, you know, it's a nonlinear instrument, and so you've got not just the fact that you've got six strings all stacked up, and so this concept of, you know, how notes relate mm-hmm. is actually two-dimensional across the fretboard, but it's also asymmetrical. And so, right. Do you ever do piano? You ever play piano?
leave and, and possibly get it, it sounds horrible. And that's how it sounded for me. So, you know, my first girlfriends, my, in fact, my wife, the, the, the people that I exposed to my early music were not very receptive okay. to it. Okay. Okay. I think and, that's we met. We met right at the beginning of your upload. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like my, the beginning of my life online. It was December 2010. Yeah. Um, not that long ago. Right. Um, but uh, what happened was within seven days, uh, I was in the top ten for Seattle's uh, metal Wow, charts. nice. And I was, I was just really struck by the momentum. <laughs> and I started kind of collecting statistics and trying uh-huh. to improve my position and understand Disappear for a while. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want the goods on Rango, please come on back right after this break. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 
So, dude, now what is the metamorphosis of Rango? I mean, how did this transpire? Left my best act at literally sitting on the couch. 
time to engage both my career as a dancer mm-hmm. and my, you know, my kind of off the cuff, slightly dry and, and somewhat strange sense of humor. Yes. And if I couldn't kind of mash everything up into more of a self-propelling uh, continuum of work. And so what I did was I conceived this character, Rango. Mm-hmm. And Rango is my alter ego. He's a bipolar polymath okay. who is hell-bent on getting his 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> he has two friends, um, his computer playus, which is an autonomous, um, distributed, uh, self-replicating agent of evil, is how he describes himself. Okay. And his, his, his rather Franklin, who is an empathetic uh, musical who never speaks. <laughs> back down here to the smokehouse you better let me know you better let me know if you come back to the smokehouse you better let me know okay don't don't homie don't play that (laughs) homie be getting some rango juice oops go ahead i'm sorry that didn't come out right ladies and gentlemen apologize go on rango Fourteen thousand. Yeah, for wow. my videos, and uh, excuse me, 
excuse me, for all of my videos. Okay, and hey. Those, probably 8,000, um, 8 to 10,000 of them were exclusively Rhino videos. Wow, amazing. So, yeah, you. I'm very happy with it. And uh, it's been, you know, the source of a lot of uh, fun mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, additional artwork that just kind of spins off impromptu ad hoc. Well, isn't that what we do this for? For fun? It's supposed to be. I mean, you know, it's supposed to be like you when you're a child in the, in the in, you know, on the seesaws and the swings to the playground. That's what our art and our passion is supposed to be like. But it's become so much more business and show that you know the child had to go in the closet. And we became latchkey kids of the industry. <gasps> did, did I say that? Thank you. You know what? You're exactly right. Did I and, say and that? I didn't. I look oh, at so many shucks. contemporary musicians and so many contemporary artists. I see. All this talent, and I see a lot of manufactured product. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you look at Rango, you'll see something that is more akin to what my aspirations were as a, as a child, as a, as a, you know, as a pre-adolescent. Which are, for instance, Rango's a superhero. Mm. You know, Rango is not just a genius; he he literally can fly, and he he wields mojo like magic. He draws it out of walls. He uses it as a weapon. He's developed, you know, basically superpowers and this entire kind of mythology um, that is this manic vision of, you know, my unbridled self as a child. And it's it's really just about fun. Like, a lot of artists have higher messages and they want to serve humanity and they want to, you know, see to it that their religious or political views are expressed. But in my music, what you'll find is nothing more than a little bit of heart and a little bit of comedy. Mm. And, you know, and a lot of thousands of hours behind a guitar um, <laughs> in order to make something that's just cool and mm -hmm. fun. And but even in that, even in that, there is that it, there is a higher point in that. Total, ex total expression of whatever you feel takes you to a higher place. If you go there, that's that's what it's all about. It's not about with what, but it's just going. You know, taking the journey, letting yourself, allowing yourself. Yeah. Myself all the time, and right. so what I, one of the things I ended up doing was, you know, when I talked to myself. 
myself, I talk to myself in different voices. Like, right. I talk to Plagueis in my computer all the time. I give him instructions, and then I proceed to execute those instructions myself. I type what I told him to type. <laughs> so, spoiler alert, there really is no Plagueis. He's just me. Um, but I decided to just kind of make all those things public. You know, like a lot of people, I talk to my pets, right? Okay. Don't tell me you don't. People right. pretend to have voices it's for true. their cats I do it and too. everything else. Guilty. So I did that with Franklin, and then I decided to just shut up and make Franklin the only person that doesn't speak. Mm, okay. <laughs> but it's like the same kind of thing, you know. It's just like the regular parts of my life. I just decided to mash them up and make fun of them. And you know, I'm no superhero. I'm no rock star. I'm a very ordinary guy. I'm no scientist. I have no education. I'm like the opposite of all of those things. But the ability to just project that as as fun is irresistible to me. Well, I think you're actually. Well, I was for a minute. I was for a minute, but now that you mentioned it, I feel like I need some acupuncture. <laughs> Just thinking about it right now. Ooh. Oh, but um, but Matt, I thank you for taking this time with me today, man. And you know, we got a lot of things to do, right? Yeah. We're 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 on a journey. This is a journey. We're on course. With this is not a beginning. This is not. No, 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 no. I'm talking about. Oh yeah, we 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 you know this is a this is just a taste. So you know, I just want to get you in the groove, bring you in the underground family, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Mr. Matthew Meadows and Rango. And um, you know, we we'll be in touch. We got more things to do, and you you'll know, you know, when the time is right, I'm gonna be calling on you. Especially at midnight. <laughs> Especially at midnight. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I want you to have a great misty day up there in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, I will. And I'm having nice. Thank you so much, Earl. You keep it sticky. You yeah. keep it sweet, and don't forget to touch the heat. Hey. You soon, hey, hey, hey. It's all, all about. Right. It's all about you. All right. All right. Take care, John. Ciao. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in today to the Underground Experience with me, your host, Captain and DJ, Uncle Earl. Please take time and make time to love more, be considerate, compassionate about our earth and our lives, each other. Reach one, teach one, give up yourself freely, and don't forget to vote. See you later. Ciao.
Kati shei shei ojo mi Kiwani omoa 